Welcome to the Technology Navigators podcast, a show where we give you great advice, tips, and insight in the industry of technology. On today's episode, we are going to talk to technology navigators themselves and find out who they are and what they can do for you. Let's go. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your host, Chris, and with me today are technology navigators themselves, Tom and John. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hey, great to be here, Chris. Hey, guys. How are you? So this is going to be a show where you're going to give us the lowdown on everything inside what you guys do, um, how you can help people, why you guys started, and you're going to share all your insights of all your experience, right? Very true. Very true. So why don't you go ahead and let's talk about what Technology Navigators is and, and why you guys started this company. Sure. So first, I wanted to touch on why we're doing the podcast and what people can expect to get out of it. So Technology Navigators is an IT advisory firm, and our goal is to demystify IT for businesses, allowing them to obtain the information that they need, the right information to make business decisions and move it to the next level. That is the at the base level what we do for people. And we started this company, um, John, if you want to uh, pipe in and into how we started the company. Yeah, we, uh, we started the company um, out of the frustration of our clients. Tom and I worked together for a few years at an MSP, a managed service provider. And we had clients that were always coming and saying they loved us, but there was something lacking. So, you know, generally an MSP is break fix that's run by people who love to work on technology, but they don't always have the bandwidth to help, you know, the client get to where they need to. Um, Tom and I are client first type of personality, and we were always working with the client and putting out fires. Right. And so we were used to being the face of the company and the issue that we had was that the product just itself wasn't very good, right? But we realized clients liked us, just not the product, right? But we felt we can make a business out of this. We can do this and actually help people, which is what we like to do. You know, most of the time in our jobs there, we, we were getting yelled at a lot, right? We were dealing with unhappy clients and constantly having to apologize. But there were uh, glimmers of moments where, a project did go well, right? Or we we got a, a client out of a bind. And those are the moments that we clung to. Those are the things we said, you know, if we do this the right way, if we partner with the right companies uh, when we when we work with clients, we can get that result way more often than not. And so far and what we've done, that has absolutely been the case for us. Okay. That's great. Why don't why don't you tell us a little bit more about why would companies hire you then instead of who do it in-house or, 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 you know, another big consulting company. Right. So what John touched on before, you know, MSPs, they love to, to do break fix, we call it. They love to do the support. They love to, to work on the technology itself, right? Um, a lot of, and even great MSPs struggle with this, the account management, the oversight, right? They're very reactive. Something breaks, they'll fix it. But what about being proactive? What about seeing what's coming down the road for the client and making the, getting them prepared, right? And that could be from cybersecurity attacks or just getting them 
off of you know servers being in their office, which is can be dangerous for some companies, right? They lack that oversight. They lack the foresight to help again demystify IT and and help you know clients hurdle their roadblocks. So this is where we come in, and our model is really good because you don't have to choose an MSP or us. You can choose both. We actually work with MSPs who have admitted and realized that this is not a strong suit for them and they need help in this department. So they'll bring us in to manage clients for them. And who wins in this? The clients, right? And something I did want to go back to, you know, another reason why we feel people will hire us. When you work with technology navigators, you're working with John or me. You're not getting anybody else, right? And something that clients feel when they work with us is we actually do love to help people. We actually, it makes us feel good. It's not about making an income, right? We got into this business to have a better way of life for ourselves and also create that for businesses as well. And I'll give you a quick example. A few weeks ago, we were approached by a pharmacy who was getting uh, fined every month because their credit card machine um, they were failing the the cybersecurity scans. There was a uh, not to get too technical, but there was a hole in their system. It was a vulnerability we call it, right? And they were getting fined every month. There was a significant amount of money, so they came to us because they didn't understand how to fix it, right? So we were able to find the hole and get it plugged, and now they no longer have to have to pay that fine, right? And when we received the news that it was cleared up and that everything was good to go, it genuinely like warmed my heart um, to to hear that, right? It's, it's something that's another problem solved. And that's why we get into this business to really help people and solve their problem. We, uh, we also w- will work with a company that has an in-house IT company, you know, uh, uh, IT department. Um, we, a lot of times we'll come in and be the go-between between the executive committee and the IT department to get different goals completed, maybe get budgets passed. Um, like Tom was saying, you know, when we when we first came into this, we weren't sure how MSPs would react to working with us. However, I think we've taken a lot of burden off their shoulders. We help get projects passed. We, you know, set up a roadmap for them to be able to succeed in uh, with with their client. Yeah. And I think another thing we could touch on too, John, is what does a typical engagement look like? So what we'll normally do, and it's like three stages, we'll come in and if it's a new client, we don't know anything about them. Hopefully they they know a little bit about us, but we'll come in and we'll do what we call our an IT assessment or audit, which is a proprietary system that we created for testing their their overall technology standing, right? And we look at things like their infrastructure, right? Your switches, your firewalls, your servers, your email platform, your accounting platform, your cybersecurity, right? Is the door locked to your to your IT room? Things like that, right? It's a very robust a proprietary scoring system. And the client gets back a full deliverable, which right in the front, uh, it helps two different types of people. Your CEO who just wants to see a score and what projects need to be done. And then the CFO type of person or office manager type of person wants to see the reasons behind all the scoring, which we do as you go through the report. So with that, once that's done, there's a bunch of projects that usually need to be done. We can stay on, hold the client's hand through those projects, right? Making sure that they get done on time and on budget. And we have vendors to bring in that we trust that will do the project right, like we need it to be. Because again, we always have the clients back. And there's, there's, there's two different ways that will look. 
you will come in as a VCIO, will we'll stay on for a longer engagement. Most of the time that looks like a year. Or if uh, there's just a particular project that you want and you, you trust us to uh, complete, we'll come in with that and just do project management. Um, we could do either engagement and we're very flexible on any way that it, that it works. Again, our, our end goal is to make the client happy. Tom and I are very, you know, people, people, people. And, uh, you know, that, that's our end goal. That's what fills us up. And, and, and like John said, the VCIO piece is, you know, kind of our bread and butter. You know, after we do the projects, you know, we've been with the client for a few months at that point. Our hope is that they see the value in what we do and want us to stay there longer, right? And then we can start road mapping for the future. Because a lot of the times what you get out of the assessment is, okay, you're here, you know, you're at a zero, you need to be at a 10. We're going to get you to the 10. Uh, I'm sorry, the 10 is perfect. We'll say a five. We'll get you to the five, which is where you need to be today. And then after those projects are done, we're going to roadmap you to get you to a 10. And those are things that we hope uh, happen. And, and so far, we've been very successful at it. And another thing that John pointed out is the flexibility in what we do, right? We're, we're not rigid where it's like you're either doing this, you're doing project management or an assessment, or you have to pay us a thousand hours a month for VCIO. We can work with anyone's budget, right? If you don't have a large budget or you just don't need that much help, we'll do an hour a month to do a call with you and you can bounce some ideas off of us. We can help you in that way too. So we've designed this to really be flexible with basically any type of client or any type of uh, managed service provider out there that needs help. We can work with anyone, anywhere, and anytime with our virtual nature and how we're set up. Can you explain a little bit what VCIO is for, for those of us who don't know what that is? It stands for Virtual Chief Information Officer. So generally, we, we, we do work virtually. We can come into the office if, if need be. We are designed to be virtual. And the reason that this works well for companies is if you had a chief information officer, that's a very high salary executive um, that a lot of companies can't afford. And we do it as you know a shared resource that you get us a certain amount of mo- hours a month and can accomplish the same thing. Yep. And, you know, sometimes it, people refer to it as fractional CIO. Uh, but again, like John said, you're not paying someone to sit there. You're paying their, their uh, health insurance and all that stuff like that. We're there when you need us and we're not when you don't. And we've, we've got engagements of all shapes and sizes, right? So um, VCIO, of course, like we said, is our bread and butter. And that's usually where a lot of our engagements end up. But it's not something that, you know, we're going to push somebody to if they don't need it. Can you guys tell us what can you do for someone who's just starting up or, you know, I'm just starting a business. I'm going to have email. I'm going to have some type of, you know, online service credit card or, or something of that nature. You know, just maybe like, you know, what can you do for someone like that? What would be like, I'm starting a business. I don't know what I'm doing, but I don't want my stuff getting stolen. Yeah. So if you were coming in, if, if this was just from the first start, you just, you just decided to start a company, you have a company name ready to go. We'll take you from the ground up. We'll get you, you know, your internet service provider, uh, help you get on an email platform, something similar to Office 365, Google Suite. Um, then we'll, you know, we'll put the infrastructure in place as far as a firewall. We'll design the whole, um, the whole package around what you would need. So, we, we, we would come in. The first, first thing is, you know, of course, t- to understand what your business is, what your growth is expected to be in the first year. We don't want to put you on a platform where, you know, you're going to grow triple the size and, and it's not ready to expand for you. 
but uh, then we'll we'll put you in, you know in touch with different vendors that could help you with that, and uh, we'll go forward. As we wrap up here, guys, let me ask you this: Is there anything, any quick little tip that you can give us out there, just to, just to help us stay safe? Yeah, Chris, I would say that my, my my advice would be to trust no one when you're in the cyber world. <laughs> that almost goes without saying, but can can you elaborate on that a bit? Yeah. So what John is referring to is is that especially when it comes to emails and, and things like that, he means trust no one. Trust and, and ver- I would say don't trust, but verify. Um, you know, when you're looking at an email that comes in, it might look a little bit suspicious. There's things you can do to verify if it's legit or not, especially in the the sender's name. It might look like your boss is sending you an email, but if you look closely enough, they actually switch a letter or two around in the email name to trick you, right? If you see that, you know, you've got it. You can avoid disaster. And uh, as we go forward, we'll, we'll, we'll give you some more tips pertaining to phishing emails and things like that. That sounds great. That sounds awesome. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Why don't you tell us where we can find Technology Navigators if anybody has questions or wanting to get in contact with you? Sure. Our website is technologynavigators.net. That is, at this point, the best place to find us and where you can get all the latest information on what we're up to and, and how we can help you. Sounds great. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Technology Navigators podcast. Tom, John, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. See you soon. See you soon.